Welcome to Fire Talk, where we take a look around what's happening in the world of Southeastern University Athletics. I'm Drew Watson, Director of Athletics. Our, our normal host, Dr. Engel, is not able to be with us today. So I've invited our Director of Athletic Communications, Mr. Donnie Smith, to join me. How are you, Donnie? Great, Drew. Thanks for having me on. Trying to hold this seat down for a week for you. Well, I appreciate it. I've got big shoes to fill sitting over here you know, with our fearless leader, but uh, I'm going to give it a shot as well. Now, Donnie, you're, you're usually on this side of any interview. You're, you're the interviewer. Uh, you are the co-host today, but, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and just say, you know, ask you, how did you get to Southeastern from where you were at before? Yeah, I was doing sports radio in, in Northern Indiana. Uh, and it just shows you the importance of people in our profession, uh, you know, especially in the world of college athletics, the people can make all the difference for you. I was broadcasting Bethel College softball uh, with Anna Welsh, who at one point left uh, Bethel to come down to yeah. Southeastern and start the, the softball program here. Uh, so her first year at Southeastern, she had tuned into a game uh, in, in 2013 in April, just sent me a text, hey, checking in on some of my old players. Seems like they're doing well. By the way, this summer, Southeastern's going to be looking for a, a communications, sports information person. Is that something you, you might want to try? And obviously, if you're working in college athletics as a broadcaster, you're working with that communications person a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had a chance over 10 years to, to get to know some really, really good ones and, and see what, what a quality house would look like in that area. And then, uh, you know, I looked up from my phone uh, from that text from Coach Welsh, it's 40 degrees in April. It's like, you know what, Florida sounds really good. Uh, this is a career I'd always wanted to try and, you know, come down, met you guys, met the rest of the search committee, fell in love with it and have been here ever since. Well, you've done a, a tremendous job. I, I can't tell you how many comments I get on the job that you do on your broadcasts. And, you know, and there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes in, in what you do. I think a lot of people look at, the, look at the football broadcast or the basketball broadcast, but they don't realize the hours and hours it takes not only to prep for those games to do them well the job of an athletic communications specialist is a is not a 40 hour a week job so i want to let you know how much i appreciate what you do and how how much the university appreciates what you do people may not know this but you have been national what they call sports information director of the year for the NAIA twice and uh, which is a tremendous achievement but i you brought up anna welsh anna whenever you win one of them <laughs> will send me a text and say, you're welcome. You <laughs> Looking know? for a royalty. Yeah, I think she, I think she really is. And she's, uh, you know, we miss her. She's, she does a good job looking out for us, even though she's elsewhere. So appreciate you sharing that. Now, when you were in Indiana, you were sports talk, uh, you were an announcer, but I believe you covered the Big Ten, right? Covered some Big Ten, covered a couple Indy 500s, a couple of Brickyard 400s. I got to see college football at Notre Dame, a couple other places. Went to a couple of NFL Combines, which was eye-opening. So uh, it's just neat to see the different places that, that this job can take you. Yeah, I mean, we, we and we've spent a lot of time in the car together, traveling at national tournaments. You know, one time you and I decided to drive from Sioux City to uh, yeah. Mount Rushmore because we had never seen it before. it's just around the corner. Yeah, just six hours down the road. I know what a great storyteller you are and how funny you are. I think people who know you well know that, that your dry wit is is unmatched. What's a what's a story from your Big Ten days that maybe you can share with us? There's probably some that you can't share, but yeah, a handful. You know, Rich yeah. Rodriguez throwing a stat sheet at the at the podium one time at Notre Dame was was interesting. Um, I probably go back to the NFL Combine one year. Matthew Stafford was at the podium taking a press conference, talking to a bunch of reporters. 
And then uh, all of a sudden, somebody in the back has a question. It's like, Matt, Matt what did you what did you weigh in at today? What was your height? Uh, you know, what, what what's going on with all your measurements? What was Mark Sanchez, who decided to come in and just bomb his press conference and start asking him questions? So Matthew's chuckling up there. He's like, dude, just get out of here. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, uh, as I said, we appreciate you and appreciate the work you, that you do. And uh, and we would not be where we are in the communications department if it were not for you. So appreciate your leadership. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the show and talk about fire athletics. Now, you wanted to talk about something before that, didn't you? I I don't know. Like what? Like what happened this past weekend? Maybe past weekend uh, baseball. No. 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 There Softball. Was... No. I guess we got that later in the script. Yeah, that's um, coming up. Sunday? Is that? I think that's Sunday's on my notes. I don't know what that means, though. Well, there was a, there was a big football game. <clears throat> Would you say it was super? Super for a little bit. You know, I think— um, Ten-point lead. You know, as we went over last week, I'm, I'm from Philly. I'm a big Eagles fan and was excited about the game, was very optimistic about the game. Yeah. Uh, but, you you know, you've got to play on all facets, all facets of the game in a Super Bowl— and for whatever reason, the Eagles decide not to play defense in the second half. And Jalen fumbling for a, for six points for the Chiefs did not help. Now, I know Philly is ablaze, uh, maybe literally in some sectors. That was going to happen no matter yes, what. Yes, that's true. Uh, because of the call, you know, the call that happened, you know, in the last series for the Chiefs that basically sealed the game. What what did you see on that play? Yeah, you're, you're probably a little biased on that flag, right? So from my opinion, I, they showed the replay. They show it from 10 different angles because they've got 95 cameras at the place. It looked like it was kind of a soft call. Was it the right call? I mean, yeah, it's just tough timing on that. You, you'd kind of want to, you know, to use your, your, your basketball coach, you kind of want to let him play in that moment. Yeah. But you also have to be careful of how much you're restricting that receiver. I I didn't like the call, but I think it was you know the right call. If you if you ask somebody who's who's familiar with the rule book and throwing flags and wearing the stripes, they probably will will applaud that call. But man, that's tough timing. Well, and I agree with you. I think it was a soft call. It didn't affect his route at all. It still right. would have been incomplete. But you mentioned I've coached basketball. It's not one play that costs you the game. Right. It's it's a number of plays that get you that to that point. So. You know, the defense, you know, let us down the second half, and that's what I would point to. You know, certainly the call didn't help. I think we would have had, you know, had a nice chance to go down there and either tie the game or win it. But uh, but it was tough. It's tough, you know, because you don't get to that. You know, as an Eagles fan, you don't get – I mean, you understand. I do. As a, I, I, I watched our team return the opening kickoff for a touchdown. It's like, we're going to roll here. I mean, we're going to put Peyton Manning in a bag. This is going to be easy. No, it was not. So I'm I'm familiar with the position that you were in. Um, I I think Jalen Hurts got a lot of credit. Uh, I think everybody got to see what he's capable of. Yeah. Loved his comments after the game. You alluded to it's not one play that's going to cost you this game. Yeah. It wasn't one call that cost us this game. We as a team lost. Uh, just really like his story. You know, he got publicly benched in a national championship game a couple of years ago. Made the best of that situation. Supported Tua. Ended up winning it. Went and decided to to try things at Oklahoma. Showed he could still be the guy. Was a late pick for the Eagles and his and his bloom there. So congrats to him. Yeah, he's he's really impressed me. I, I wasn't sure why they drafted him at the time, but great decision on the Eagles front office. And as a Bears fan, you know, you and I are you know we're, we we commiserate at times over various sports, but I really do hope your team you know is is on the rebound here and and can give you something to cheer about. I hope we turn one pick into about five to to try and rebuild that thing a little bit quicker. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so fire athletics. Uh, it's a busy time of year. 
because we've got all we got the winter sports still going. We've got the spring sports, you know, really cranking up here. So big news in track and field. So last week, our men's and women's indoor track and field teams won the Sun Conference again. Southeastern has been the only team that has won Sun Conference indoor track championships from its inception to now. Our men's team scored 282 points, with the next highest being Kaiser at 164. I would say that's a blowout. All right, so good job to our men. Uh, Women came away with 266 points, nearly tripling the second-place team. 100-point difference. The the scary thing is, you mentioned the men's team. It's like a 100-point blowout. That's probably the closest this thing's been. You know, yeah. Coach Dodson's really kind of built uh, built this thing up pretty quick. Uh, only team to win a Sun Conference indoor track and field championship, a three-peat on the men's side and the women's side, which is wild to think about. Yeah. Um, just great performances. I was up in Birmingham uh, on Monday and, and watched this. It seemed every time that they were doing a podium celebration and the the words that followed in a new meet record that was happening quite frequently. John Perez Dunn had a couple. Julia Rome had a couple. The hurdles, as you would expect uh, with Coach Dodson on the men's side, had another phenomenal performance. They're putting up uh, incredible numbers this season, uh, and that was the case again. And I think sometimes you you look at those scores, it's like this was – this was not as competitive as, as a conference championship sometimes is. When you look at our team, it didn't it wasn't old hat. It wasn't just, okay, we won, give us our trophy. They were excited still. Yeah. This is this is a big goal that they've set, uh, that they still put a lot of value in. Yeah. Uh, they put a lot of pressure on themselves to do things at that level. So it was I wasn't sure what kind of celebration, if any, you were gonna see, because we see it in other sports with with different teams. It's like, are they tired of winning this thing? Yeah. Um, they're not tired of winning no. this thing at all. And I think you're going to see it again when we get to outdoor track. Yeah, and they head to South Dakota for the NAIA Indoor National Championship. So, you know, we our, our men have a really good shot there to win it. And the women, you know, the women after competing well at Sun Conference, you know, I think will make some noise up there too. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, the men's side is definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, Kyle Manuel adding a, a B standard in the weight throw, so now he's qualified in two events there. Uh, how about uh, TJ Sanders qualifying in the race walk, so a yes. chance to get some more points there. Joseph Taylor's qualified in a couple events, so obviously that'll be key if he can get to the finals in, in three events and get some points. But really the, the race to keep an eye on is going to be the 60 hurdles. Uh, if Glenn Rogers, Devontae Vanterpool, and Darion Carter can work their way up the podium, that's going to be the key to bringing back the big trophy. Yeah, that's great. Excited about that. That happens the first weekend in March up in South Dakota. Now, you mentioned race walking. <clears throat> that's almost painful for me to watch because I think it's tough for race walkers to, you know, because there's form they have to. You know, I was at a race one time where the where our participant got docked, you know, because her hips kind of went out too far, you know. Sure. It's, it's 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 an interesting thing to watch they, because it's it, it feels like they want to run. They have marshals out there yes. that are basically writing speeding tickets. Yes. Like somebody will walk by, they're watching their knees, they're watching their hips. If both feet lose contact with with the track, they write them up, put it on a board. If you get three marks, you're pulled off the track. Yep. Um, you know, I think we watched it last year at Outdoor Nationals. I don't know if you did. I definitely did. Uh, just because it takes so much discipline and form. Oh, yeah to make your way around that. And it's a long race. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So we'll turn to basketball. Last week was a big one for the for the firemen's basketball team. Faced St. Thomas in battle for first place. We didn't start out great that game, but 
caught fire in the second half and won 73-71 in overtime. Then when you followed up, they followed up that, uh, on Saturday, two days later, with a win over Florida Memorial on the road. Riley Minix led everyone with a double-double that day with 38 points, 12 rebounds, 38 points. Uh, Josh Blasquez had uh, had a double-double, 11 and 11. Um, coach told me Riley had 10 dunks in that game. 10. I mean, Riley Riley's won Player of the Week a few times, so yeah. I would think you'd want to guard him, but apparently that, that was not the case. You want to guard him, but being able to guard him is a different story. I think you, know, you were at the Ave Maria game. I thought they probably did the best job on him, held him to, to single-digit points in yeah. the first half. They fronted him the whole time. They double and tripled every catch. But being able to do that is another thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think Coach Lee's done a nice job figuring out some of the things that Riley's going to see, trying to put him in a little bit different position to be successful. Because I mean, you can call me crazy. I think at this level, Riley could probably play all five positions for yeah. Southeastern. So yeah. trying to move him around a little bit, get him better touches. He can make all the shots that you need him to at any position. He's athletic enough to handle the basketball at the point if you need him to. So just trying to make sure that he can get clean touches, get one-on-one matchups, and get to the basket. He's one of just two basketball players in all of college basketball to rank first and second in scoring and rebounding. He's the leading rebounder in the NAI at 13.6 a game, over 26 scoring a contest. Uh, Zach Eddy at Purdue is the only other player that scores more than 20 and rebounds more than 13 a game, uh, and he's playing for the number one team in the country. So I think this group's kind of peaking at the right time. They've, they've kind of figured it out here down the stretch. Hopefully that St. Thomas game uh, is a big turning point for them because they started the second half uh, in a big deficit. Double digits, really didn't have much going for points. them. Just yeah. started chipping away, got themselves back into it, took the game to overtime and ran away at the end. Well, uh, you mentioned the Ave Maria game. At one point in that game, we were up 17, and Riley had two points. Yeah. And so I think one of the keys is is for this team to play around Riley, you know, and not feel like, hey, we got to get it to the man. You get it to the man in, in a play or right. a stretch of plays, but it's really about the team game when it comes down to winning a game. And, you know, I think these guys, as you mentioned, are really feeling uh, good at the right time of year and playing together. Um, tonight. Tonight we play Kaiser, uh, doubleheader at home. It's senior night. Uh, and if we win on the men's side, we are the conference regular season champs. So it's huge. Tell us tell us uh, about the women's team right now. Yeah, the women's team looks like uh, they're in line to finish third in the Sun Conference, which means they'll host a conference quarterfinal coming up on Tuesday. Uh, there's kind of a log jam behind that. So it could be Weber, it could be Warner, it could be Kaiser, it could be Ave Maria that they host. Uh, then you win if you win that game, you're on to the conference semifinals. Uh, and they've that's a team that's had uh, a lot of peaks and valleys, kind of like the men's team. Yeah, there's been times where they've shown glimpses that okay, we're we're still able to make a run, get a push to the top half of this conference. Um, I think you look back to the California trip, that first game against Westmont. That's a game that they had uh, one possession with about 50 seconds to go right. against a very, very talented team, a team that's capable of winning the national championship this year. They're right in it, and they were shorthanded in that contest right after making a, a cross-continent flight. Yep. So there's definitely the, the potential there uh, to make a run in this tournament. And the, the way that the Sun Conference works, you win the conference tournament, you go to nationals. That's right. Well, it's senior night for them tonight as well. Uh, the cheerleaders also have senior night. And I, I will say this about cheer. Cheer doesn't get a lot of accolades because, you know, they, they compete in just a few a year. Uh, they're all off campus. But I'll tell you, that team has been behind our, our teams uh, like, like crazy this year. I mean, they're out there at every football game. 
And and much like I said about your job, you don't see what goes on behind the scenes. Right. What you see is the tip of the iceberg. And that team with coaches, uh, coaches Kathy and, and Hannah, do a tremendous job supporting uh, supporting our athletic team. So I want to give a shout out to them. Senior night for them will be at halftime tonight. Uh, the men for the men's game, women for women's game, and then the cheerleaders at at halftime. So and and uh, when the men win tonight, uh, we will host the conference championship next weekend. So want everybody to know that. Now, um, baseball, baseball's baseball. You know, start they start out nine and zero here, picking up right where they left off yeah. last year. Another five wins last week, including four at the Cajun uh, the Cajun collision, collision yeah. out in uh, Louisiana. So what's next? What's next for baseball? We got a big series coming up this weekend against Oklahoma Wesleyan. Their preseason number eighteen, Oklahoma Wesleyan, uh, kind of like looking in the mirror. They've they've hit the ball really well here in the early part of the season. Their starting pitching's been outstanding. What's interesting is, you know, you talk to Adrian Dinkle before the season, and it's you know we're going to be a completely different kind of team than we were last year. We're going to be a lot more athletic. We're going to run a lot more. We're not going to rely on the long ball. Well, guess who leads the NAI in home runs? It's Southeastern, yeah. averaging three a game, which is unheard of. Right. Pablo Lanzarote, the, the catcher, transferred from Purdue, right now averaging one home run every seven at-bats so far. So Remarkable. while they may not be relying on the long ball, right now the long ball is coming through for them. Yeah, they're, they're hot right now. Uh, that game, uh, the game's tomorrow night, correct? The first game of that series. Yep, 6 p.m. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and then a uh, noon getaway day on Saturday. Great. Softball had its season opener, opener last Saturday. Doubleheader against Bryan College. Uh, two run rule games, 10-2 and 9 nothing. Uh, we played Truett McConnell tomorrow in a Friday game at 1-3. and three. Uh, That team's, that team's uh, I think, better than the team that finished third of the World Series Could last be. year. So, yeah, got off to a little bit of a sluggish start early on in that first game. Probably just a little bit of opening day jitters. Uh, but here's a secret for you. Uh, fire right now starting the season at number four. Last weekend, number one, number two, and number three all lost. Well, that should be interesting to see where where the polls come we, out. We, we got a ways to go before the next one, as you know. But uh, uh, yes. there's also a couple opportunities coming up in two weeks when they take on Mobile and take on Grandview, a couple World Series teams from last year coming to town. Yeah. So I like seeing I like seeing those teams coming to town because quite often when you've got an up and coming program, teams that have been established don't. They don't want to mess with you on the road. Right. They'd rather have you at their place so they can, you know, be used to the routine and all that. But to get Mobile down here, I think, is huge for this program. That's a big day coming up in the next few weeks. All right. So wrestling. I mean, wrestling is another winter sport that's winding down. And it's regular season. End of their regular season with a blowout, 49 nothing over Truett McConnell on Friday and senior night. Team put together a total of 38 takedowns. Uh, Wyatt Kirkham, Gavin Riccobono, and Gage Braun. Uh, were were three of the seniors that competed that night. They've got the conference championships coming up, uh, up at Life next weekend, correct? Yeah, yeah big day on Saturday. Uh, a little bit different look this time around uh, for the national qualifier being part of the Appalachian Athletic Conference yep. as opposed to the Mid-South the last few years. Uh, going to be pretty tough once again because we're going to see a lot of the same teams that we have in the past, but now you throw Reinhardt into the mix, uh, always, always a solid program. Uh, the allocations look good. Uh, they line up with with what we're talented at, I think, in the lineup. Uh, had 12 guys, all 12 qualify last year, hopefully the same this year, uh, because that puts you in a position to uh, compete for a top three spot at Nationals, and I think that's that's what Coach Patrick's got his eyes on uh, with this group. Obviously, it's going to be really tough uh, to track down Grandview. It's going to be really tough to track down life. 
Uh, but I think there's some good competition there yeah. for that third spot, which is where we fell into last year. Hopefully a couple guys can get that spotlight match again Saturday night. Yeah, wrestling's been – we've wrestled on Saturday the last two years, yeah. uh, which has been very exciting, and, and we're excited about this run that they're going on here at the end of the season. Now, men's and women's tennis, men's and women's golf, they don't play this weekend, okay, but they played earlier this week. Uh, the women won the Coastal Georgia Invitational, uh, and they're on a bit of a hot streak, aren't they? Yeah, they won their last three tournaments, uh, so – so just kind of coming, picking up where they left off a little bit. Marley Smith was the medalist uh, again at the Coastal Georgia Invite. She won the Southeastern Invitational over at Grasslands. She's played really well lately. Uh, on the men's side, at one point I, I checked the round on Tuesday. I think the team was in sixth place. At one point they were they were ten over as a group. Uh, was texting a little bit with Coach Joiner uh, about the scores that Kaiser was putting up because it was just ridiculous. They had three guys in the mid sixties on Tuesday. But all of a sudden, our men turned it around on the back nine. We had five eagles for the tournament, had three on the back nine as a team in the second round and make a charge and finish second. It was incredible. Man, those teams, you know, the women won the Sun Conference last year. And and when that happens, the other team, which is the men's golf team in this case, is is kind of, you know, I've always... I've always found it interesting when you're coaching both genders, when you have one team that's really successful, had a great yeah. win, and then you've got to kind of work with the other team who lost that day. But the men were kind of, uh, you know, in the background last spring after the women won the championship. Uh, but both these teams, I think, are going to press for the Sun Conference championship coming down the stretch here. How about tennis? Tennis coming off a big win on the men's side on Monday over Florida National, sitting at 7-0. They've won their last two matches, seven to nothing. And again, I think as you and Dr. Engel talked about last week, the win over Embry Riddle. How many times did we sit out there and watch the the Eagles come over from Daytona Beach and just just kind of clean yeah. things up and and make it look easy? So to to get results that see four three Southeastern over Embry Riddle, that was impressive. I think that kind of shows you the kind of team that they've got. Well, and think about what that felt like for Coach Dickens. I mean, Coach because was a he's student been on athlete. The court for that. Yes, he was on the court for Embry Riddle. <laughs> Kind of taking it to us back in those days, and right. you know, and, and and to have him be the coach of of the southeastern team that upsets them in the opener, you know, great for him. Really happy for those programs. Um, all right, just a review. We big big basketball uh, games tonight. Big basketball doubleheader tonight in the furnace. Women are at five thirty. Men start thirty minutes after that game. Baseball tomorrow at six p.m. and a big series there. Uh, softball also at one and three tomorrow. So we've got a busy weekend. Really busy next, you know, 36 hours, you know, here at uh, here at Southeastern. So we're excited about that. All right, as we close out today, I want to say thank you for listening. Hopefully, you guys can go out, you guys can come out and support us at our op- upcoming games, as we just talked about. Uh, those games can be found on seufire.com. You can find the calendar for when and where future games will happen in all of our sports. Donnie, thanks so much for standing in today and joining me. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed it, Drew. Thanks for the invite. Go fire. Go fire.